From the extreme edge of the dating wars comes a comedy about sex. She's my best friend. Love. This is your big move. Take a breath. No. And the quest for a little protection. Trojan War. Welcome to So What's the Problem, where we watch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and today we'll be discussing Trojan War, which was released in the US for one week only, and only one screen, um, on September 26, 1997, and it was a video premiere in the UK in May 1998. It was written by Andy Berg and Scott Myers, and was directed by George Huang. Um, it stars Wilfred L., Jennifer Love Hewitt, Marley Shelton, Danny Masterson, uh, Jason Marsden, Eric Balfour, John Finn, Wendy Malick, and Lee Major. I just wanted to include <laughs> all those people. Uh, Jimmy and I have thought of uh, three problems the movie has, and we'll discuss. We also somehow have one positive for the movie. I have four problems, but... <laughs> uh, and the synopsis is thus... I... <sighs> Geeky high school virgin Brad. Is he geeky? No. Right. Annoying high school virgin Brad pines for popular cheerleader Brooke. But she is in love with hotshot jock Kyle. I don't see any love there, but there you go. However, when it looks as though Brad is going to get his chance with Brooke, he goes in a madcap search for a condom. His search is widely unsuccessful, but in the process he discovers that it's not Brooke he really wants, but his closest friend Leah. <laughs> so that's just basically the entire movie. So what's um your history with this garbage? I rented it once. Like probably not long after it came out. Um because I like Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I probably got it because of Wilfred L as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm mad at you because I never would have picked it if you weren't always bugging me about it. And um <laughs> I watched it with my friend Ryan and <laughs> when there's a dog on the screen uh, one of his dogs gets up and like goes to the TV. She gets really excited. And so when there was a dog, his, his dog Heidi went to the screen and he said, my dog has more interest in this movie than I do. Yep. Yeah. But I'm glad I didn't watch it alone. I think it would have been kind of torturous if I'd watched it by myself, but it was nice to get to watch it with someone that like I was making fun of it with. Why is it you think you don't like it? Because I've seen a lot of people online defend this movie. Oh, I know. I took a screenshot of one of the reviews because we were like, how could anyone like this movie? And I, it was insane to me how many people liked it. Um, I don't like it because it's a piece of shit. Yeah, it's it's not a good movie. I rented it when it first came out because I saw trailers for it and other Warner Brothers videos because I rented a lot back in the day. And Jennifer Love Hewitt, Wilfred L. So I got it. I rented it. And I liked it at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. I actually quite enjoyed this movie back in the day. But I hadn't really seen it since. I've watched it, like, once in the meantime. I think I recorded it off TV late one night um, and watched it 
Yeah, it's not a good movie. No, it's it's not. It's well, and Ryan and I had um, first we watched Sex Drive after watching um, Jury Duty, which if you should watch because it's a very good show. Um, okay. But James Marsden made us want to watch that, and it wasn't good, um, just like I remembered. And then we watched Overnight Delivery, which wasn't good, just like I remembered. And so I felt like this kind of fit with the the teen movies we'd been watching. This was like a whole other level of bad. Yeah, I watched this on Tubi, and after it finished, uh, Tubi auto started uh, Overnight Delivery for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things that made me think of this movie was that when we watched Overnight Delivery, it was the first movie that Amazon suggested. Yeah. So. I don't remember that movie at all. I've watched it. I've seen it once, but I don't remember it at all. Paul Rudd saves it. He's very charming. Because this movie seems to be the kind of movie that you would like, doesn't it? It's got, like, all the sort of hallmarks of... In theory, <laughs> if you haven't yeah, seen yeah. it, but you've just read about it, then Yes. Yeah, exactly. But so I just wonder wh- what went wrong then, because... It's terribly <sighs> written. Yes, it is. It's not very well written. We'll get into that. But I think if there was any saving grace in this movie, I think it probably is Wilfred Dell. But his character is awful, mm-hmm. but he still like has like the chance to be quite charming at times. Yeah. I mean, he's a really good comedic actor. Mm-hmm. He really is. I mean, it's a shame he didn't get, you know, any more sort of major roles or in, but, you know, there's a reason why. Part of that is his anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is major. Yeah. He's he been, dropped out of acting. He's been really, really open about his anxiety, which I respect. Um, he does voice acting. Absolutely. But, um, and oh, God, there was, because he was on, um, on, Boy, or on Girl Meets World. <laughs> His character became, I can't remember if it was a governor or a senator. I think he became a senator. There's something like that, yeah. And um, Dylan and I were at a convention, and he dared me to go up to Wilfred L. and say, Senator. <laughs> and <laughs> I almost did it, and then right when I was going to do it, he went on a break. But I almost <laughs> spoke to him once uh, on a dare. Right. Was it Dances with Squirrels or something? That's... Something like that, yeah. See, I, I hated, I hated the way that they, what they did with his character in Boy Meets World, but we can talk about that later. Okay. Let's just jump into problems. Then, what's your first problem? Um, how do I choose? There are so many. Yeah, um, there are so many. Uh, okay, one thing that really bothered me is at the beginning, Jennifer Lefeuwet rips a page out of his yearbook. Mm-hmm. That is so rude. <laughs> <laughs> that really that really upset me. If somebody did that to me, I'd be so pissed. Like yeah. that's that's your like, you know, your big like memory from high school, like the thing that you might look back on years later. And she just re- plus they're not cheap. If they're if they're mm. I mean depending, they're not cheap and she just ripped a page out of it. Yeah. It's like a small problem in comparison to my other problems, but it it really bothered me. Yeah, it bothered you, so yeah, understand. Right, my first problem's a long one, so I apologise. Right, so my first problem is there's some really cringy filmmaking choices in this movie. Because George Huang directed Swimming with Sharks, uh, starring Kevin Spacey, before this, and then another movie after this, and then that was it. He was stuck in TV after this. Did you ever see Swimming with Sharks? Nah, I never watched it. 
I'm reading um, a book about how terrible Hollywood is called yeah. Burn It Down. And apparently Swimming with Sharks, like, if you're in Hollywood, that's a super famous movie. Mm-hmm. And um, they uh, recommend it to, like, new assistants and low-level employees when they start in Hollywood so that they can know what to expect. And the movie is about an abusive boss. Like, yeah. it's that's horrifying to me but apparently it's supposed to be a good movie and whenever i saw that he had directed that and then this i was i was like what yeah he i think he made bad career choices um yeah so i'll just go through my list that i wrote about the the filmmaking here like see when brad has his fantasy in class and um Mm -hmm. the teacher tells him to stand up but he says he can't uh because you know he has uh Stuffy. That that scene is the reason why the first note in my notes is just boner. Yeah, you just write that anyway, though, don't you? It's just for fun. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but he, we don't need to see the shot of him, him crossing his legs because we get it, mm-hmm. and we also have a guy saying an ADR line of a guy, a guy saying, um, "No, he's got wood or major wood or something like that." So we don't need both of those, right? We don't. We get the mm-hmm. idea. We didn't need the whoosh sound as the camera pulled back to show that Brad and his dad are in the car. Don't need whooshing sounds. Uh, you don't need the shot of the guy spitting in the car from the POV of inside the car. That was mm-hmm. gross. No, thank you. The quick cuts between Brad and the woman he's forced to dance with, accompanied by whooshing sounds. There's the fucking whooshing sounds again. The moonlight shining on the jar. Uh, with the condom in it, accompanied by angelic music. Don't need that. The camera shaking and and a rumbling noise just before Brad goes down the stairs with the water, because the camera Mm. shakes. No, don't need that. This is a very poorly made movie. It's someone, it's like an older person's idea of what a teen movie should be. Yes. Um, I will add to that, Mm -hmm. um, just, just to sneak a problem in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not just the sound effects and stuff, but like what teen says something about like caressing my supple breasts. Yeah. Like that was one of the cringiest things I'd ever heard in my entire life. And then um at one point she holds up the condom and she goes, Let's ra- or wanna rattle. Who who says that? Like the you like the teen dialogue. It's you say it's like in a what an adult thinks a teen movie like teens are like like this the dialogue so much of it is like that we have a saying on this podcast if we ever have any merchandise in this podcast which will never happen but if we ever did we would have a t-shirt and on the t-shirt it would said it would say written by men mm. because this movie was written by men and and i know that this wouldn't be the case because when they made this movie dawson's creek wouldn't be out yet but the way that jennifer love hewitt talks mm. like she uses a lot of big words and stuff it felt like they were trying to be like dawson's creek yeah and i know they weren't but when kevin williamson does it he writes all the teenagers like that just like acknowledging that teenagers are smarter than we think it's was so forced in this movie yeah with her yeah we'll get into that because it's my third problem oh okay but uh but yeah uh, it's just it's so badly made there's it's just so cringy and it's ugh, uh still didn't hate it though <laughs> Oh my god, I hated it. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I I didn't like it. Uh, so anyway, 
Uh, what is your second problem? Okay, so I, I enjoy a movie that takes place in one evening. Mm-hmm. I do. But one thing I really notice when I'm watching those movies is how much time has passed. And you cannot tell how much time has passed in this movie. But considering they're going to a party and like, like Jennifer Love Hewitt and Danny Masterson and, uh, Jason Marsden are showing up, um, at the party around the time a lot of the, like, it seems like it should be really late at night. Like, it seems like this whole thing should take place overnight. Mm-hmm. But because of the party, I know that it's not. Right. Like, think about when they're doing the graffiti. Mm-hmm. on the side of the building mm-hmm. and how detailed it was mm-hmm. how much time had passed yeah at that point while they're doing that like this this whole movie look i understand that like somebody getting into all this crazy shit in one night is unrealistic like a little uh adventures in babysitting or whatever mm-hmm. timeline is so terrible doesn't make any sense it drives me crazy and also i'll just add to that it drives me crazy that like by the end of the night he looks like shit he probably smells really well. Somehow he gets super cleaned up before going mm-hmm. to the party. Like at the jail, they let him shower yeah. and whatever. But like throughout the whole movie, he's looking so bad and probably smelling so bad. And I'm like, why would you still be trying to get to her? Like, go home, take a shower. Because he wants to get laid. Yeah, but you're not going to get laid looking like that, man. I know, but he's a he's a an idiot teenage boy. He is an idiot. He is an yeah. idiot. But the the whole night, it just I don't know. It seems like it should take way longer than I think we're supposed to think and i can't yeah. i can't deal with it it really bothers me because also the parents are at the golf club dancing and stuff so when is what time of night is that happening at yeah anthony michael hall's driving a bus that's empty and then the next time he sees him it's like it's it's full of people the bus being empty the first time you would think maybe because it's late at night yeah but apparently it's not because there's people in the bus <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and the the weird thing about that was Ryan was like, "Doesn't that bus driver look like kind of like Anthony Michael Hall to you?" And I was like, "Thank you, thank you." And then I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, that actually is Michael? Anthony Michael." I didn't, I didn't think it was actually him. Um, yeah. I thought it was just somebody that looked like him. But yeah, I it 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 was like no one actually put any thought into this movie. No. There's a reason it made three hundred and nine dollars. Well, that reason is because that's unfair. That's unfair, though. That is (laughs) like whenever you see those lists of like the movies that have made the least amount of money, it always Mm. is that it was only at one theater or it only played for a week or whatever. And it's like that's a little unfair. It's not like it was released in a couple thousand theaters and only made three hundred nine, but still. Yeah. So my second problem, and we're just gonna go. I've mentioned it in another podcast, but what the actual fuck is that David Hasselhoff thing all about? I don't know. I mean, the movie acknowledges that it doesn't make any sense, but that doesn't make it any better. That doesn't make it any less annoying. Yeah. Or or pointless. This woman thinks he looks like David Hasselhoff, and she dances with him, and everybody says he's David Hasselhoff. Mm-hmm. What, uh, just because of her favourite show is Baywatch. I like, though, that when, uh, when she says that Baywatch is her favourite show, he says, me too. <laughs> I just like the way he delivered that. <laughs> um, but, yeah. What do you think that they would, they would actually be gone for with that, though? Do you think that... I mean, this movie is actually quite culturally insensitive. Oh, oh, do you so... want to get into my third problem? <laughs> yeah, let's just get to the third problem, then. And I promised I promised Ryan this would be one of my problems, because it really upset him. Um, movie's racist. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, Wilfred L. meets up with Jennifer of Hewitt later, she immediately says, have you been eating Mexican? Mm-hmm. Like, he must smell like Mexican food because he danced with that woman. Yep. And uh, his mom at one point says, crack-tagging gangers. Yeah. Crack-tagging gangers. Like, the, the, the movie, you say culturally insensitive, is, is racist. And, like, Ryan, Ryan was so annoyed he brought it up again two days later. <laughs> That have you have you been eating Mexican? That yeah, that was what really got Ryan. He was really upset about it. No, it's not good. It's not a good line. Yeah, my my uh, notes are insane. Like I have way more notes than I've had in probably like a year. Well, just come back to what we said earlier on. My third problem is the women. Like nobody's well written in this movie, right? But mm-hmm. the women especially are terribly written in this movie. They're either sex mad. They're users, or they're the stereotypical best friend who spews one-liners. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this role was right for Jennifer Love yet. Oh, no, it's not. Especially considering, like, at the beginning, I think she's supposed to be, like... Like, they don't understand she's attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't get, how do you not understand that Jennifer Love Hewitt is attractive? Yeah. And she's pretty cool, too. Like, forced large vocabulary aside. And ripping the page out of the... Yeah, <laughs> ripping the page out of the yearbook. She's, like, she seems really cool, and she, like, and it's not like she's dressed horribly or anything, like, she's not showing cleavage, but, which, mm-hmm. like, shows what horn dogs they are, that they only think she's attractive when they can see the cleavage. Dude, you have breasts. Well, part of the problem is, like, I don't buy her as someone that he would have never considered, as someone that, like, none of her guy friends have ever thought of as a girl. Mm. But I also um, don't buy him as being unable to get a girl. Mm-hmm. And Ryan and I argued about this a little. The the whole crayon thing. Yeah, okay, it's a cheesy line. Like, mm-hmm. it's not great. But in high school, mm-hmm. that shit would, pr- like, he seemed like he'd be pretty smooth for a high schooler. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like saying the kind of cheesy stuff that a girl is going to fall for in high school. You know, he's a he's a dreamy 90s boy. So, like, it's just hard to buy that, like, he can't get a... Or, and, I mean, I guess maybe the idea is that he's been so focused on this one girl he hasn't tried with anybody else. I don't know. But mm-hmm. that's the only thing I can think of that makes sense. Because he would have a girlfriend. Well, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character is the sister of either Danny Masterson or Jason Marsden, I think. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. get that. Yeah, because okay. that's why she's always around them, and she's they're all, they're always in the same house. Oh, gotcha. Like she's a sister of uh, Jason Marsden, actually. Okay, that explains some stuff. I didn't realize. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, that's what that's what I remember. But for years, I had trouble remembering the names James Marsden and um, James Marsters because mm-hmm. I was also aware of Jason Marsden. And I would get them all confused because he and he's another one who became a voice actor. Yeah. Um, like he and Wilfred L are like best friends or something like they one of them was in the other one's wedding. But he was on a lot of 90 sitcoms like playing the best friend or whatever, like on Full House. He was a guy who loved DJ. Yeah. And he was in some uh, he was in at least one like Disney would do these um Magical World of Disney movies on the weekend mm-hmm. And I remember there was one he did with Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. I saw him in a lot of stuff around the like mid to late 90s. He was in Boy Meets World as yeah. Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was his best friend. Eric's best friend. Yeah. Um, and then he became a voice actor. And mm-hmm. so in my head at the time, he was as famous as James Marsters and James Marston. Yeah. He, he's worked a lot. He's, he's 
a prophetic um, voice actor. He's done mm-hmm. a shit ton of stuff. Was he not also in, like, Step by Step as a friend as well? I think so, yeah. Like, I'm saying he was the best friend in a bunch of shows and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he was the voice of Thackeray Binks in Hocus Pocus. Yes. The cat. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, he was Eddie Munster in The Monsters Today. <laughs> he was in Erie, Indiana. Okay. Going back to going back to the Jennifer Love Hewitt-ness of it all, when she's talking to Brad in her mind, she says, Brad, you rock, man. Mm-hmm. And he clearly doesn't. Yeah. Us, the, the, the viewers, are only seeing Brad in this particular time span of, you know, this 24-hour night time um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's happening in this movie. So we only know Brad as a fucking arsehole so she obviously has seen you know better parts of him but we don't get that yeah and then when she says lines like your stupid male observations do not apply to me just doesn't fit right it just doesn't seem yeah like a jennifer love hewitt type thing to say you know no and also think about the fact that this came out the same year as i know what you did last summer yeah it did holy shit like that was a huge movie and then this is like a straight to vhs piece of crap and it, like what a weird year for jennifer love hewitt and she was also on party of five at the same time but yeah yeah it was she's she always seemed like when i first heard about this movie like i could just tell by the cover i was like she's too big for this movie <laughs> like mm. how is she in this movie well clearly somebody wanted to try and make uh will friedel a movie star yeah uh, because this is a, this is warner brothers this is like an actual studio movie mm-hmm. it was like it cost like what 16 million or something to make it wasn't it wasn't like uh, cheap. Maybe I've watched too much Entourage, I don't know, but like I was the other night watching it, I was just imagining like the conversation with like his agents and stuff where they're like it's a starring role, like you're going to be huge. You're going to be big. Mm-hmm. This movie is going to launch you. Like just thinking about sometimes whenever I'm watching a really bad movie, I think about the bullshit that people said to the stars. Yeah. About it when it's like looking at the script, how did nobody know that it was terrible? Yeah. I still think he's I mean, I've never listened to their podcast yet, the Will Friedel and... Um, yeah, I'd like to. I can't remember who else it is. Ryder Strong it's and... Da- Daniel Fischel. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really, I need to listen to that, because apparently it's really good, and like it's quite sort of yeah. gossipy and juicy and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you, well and they recently talked about how like ben savage ghosted them a few years ago and do you realize he's running for congress who ben savage is ben savage is running for congress in california jesus christ yeah okay <laughs> just wanted to put that out there okay fair enough he's not getting the acting roles so <laughs> yeah so let's just try and think a positive then jen Oh, I have a positive. But the movie ended? Yeah. <laughs> no. I appreciate that this movie is about the quest for safe sex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of expected to see that this movie was partially funded by Trojan. Because mm-hmm. it's not... It's not just that he's looking for condoms he's like when they show us condoms it's specifically Trojan condoms and it's called Trojan War. Yeah. Which is actually quite a clever title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but calling your, calling your movie Trojan Ward, you're going to have to use Trojan condoms, really, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they probably had a deal with them. But it's good because it's promoting safe sex, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do appreciate that. So <laughs> Amongst teenagers as well. Mm-hmm. What's your positive? Um, 
Will Friedel stunt double. Okay. Because the water stunt down the stairs, getting hit by a car just after it, that was amazing. Um, hanging off the side of a bus, just uh, just really bloody good stunt work. And I'm going to shout out his stunt double is Josh Kemble. He's accredited stunt double for Will Friedel in this movie. Okay. So shout out to him. And he's worked in so many productions and he's still active today. So rock on, Josh Kemble. You're amazing. Because movies like this, you always seem to get like, there's always some... I mean, Jennifer LaFue is a stunt double in this movie, and I don't understand why. <laughs> like, this kind of movie, you've always got to have, like, stunts and stuff like that, don't you? It can't just be him just running around and then just, oh, not getting a condom and blah, blah, blah. He's, he's You've got to have him, like, fall or get hit by a car or something like that. It's got to be... And I like that they put effort into it by getting a stunt double with long hair. And it looks kind of like Will Friedel because sometimes you just can't tell. Yeah. And it's good. So, I mean, that hit with the car when uh, Jennifer Pugh stops the car and he's <laughs> right over it. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, let's just quickly go through notes then. Okay, because I've got some. Yeah, carry on. Say, say a note. Oh, what school's giving out condoms? Does that not happen? That's not something... I don't think so. If it it definitely didn't happen here. I'm in the Bible Belt, so yeah, 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 yeah. fair enough. Who who knows? Maybe some schools did, but that didn't seem super realistic to me. Mm-hmm. I like that he, he's like she doesn't have a desk, and Jennifer Love Hewitt's like, why wouldn't she have a desk? But then she didn't have a desk. Mm-hmm. That amused me. One of one thing that was almost one of my problems is so he didn't remember her number. He has had her number on his hand for four days. Yeah. And he didn't memorize that number. How has he not memorized the number? And then after having the number on his, it's so gross. Like, has he not washed his hands? But after having the number, the number on his hand for four days, that it wipes off just so easily. Yeah. That like it hasn't in these four days, but all of a sudden it does. It's just <laughs> like, if you had it on your hand all, all those days, you would memorize the number. And it, I could not buy the fact that he did not know the number. Yeah. That really bothered me. I was going to say, one of my problems is going to say that Brad is creepy mm-hmm. um, with his obsession, but the movie actually acknowledges that. Mm-hmm. The movie does say, you're creepy, because Jason Marsden says it. But then, so I'll just say that he's an arsehole instead. <laughs> because he's needlessly mean to that checkout lady. Yeah. There's no need for that. And then he's a co- constantly a dick to Leah. And then, but she still mm-hmm. falls for. Well, she's already fallen for him. But I don't understand it. I don't understand how they end up together at the end. It just doesn't seem right, does it? Mm-hmm. It just seems. No, it doesn't. Uh, I don't know. I, I, the only thing is that I can imagine is that maybe this night is just like a weird moment of insanity for him. Yeah. And normally he's he's a lot better. Um, but like you said, we don't get to see that. We only get no. to see him being like it. And it might help if we got to see a little normalcy at the beginning of the movie. But the movie starts out with him having a boner. Yeah. Having, so, having a, a sex dream, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and class. Yeah. Yeah. And even that might have been, I don't know. I Maybe he would have even been more likable if it had been a more uh, chaste fantasy. Mm-hmm. With Marley Shelton, but it was like all like like the outfit she was wearing exposed a lot of skin, mm-hmm. and the you know there was the wind going with her hair, and he yeah. like and then he has an erection. Like if it had just been him, like kind of daydreaming about kissing her, and then no erection was mentioned, 
um, it might have seemed a little sweeter. Yeah. Right. So I have a big question for you then, Jen, before we wrap up. Okay. Um, are we to believe that God or the universe is the one that's screwing Brad over because he should be with Leah? No. Are we supposed to believe that? Because he's trying to get a condom to have sex with, with um, what's her face? Mm-hmm. And he he doesn't, right? Because he's constantly getting screwed over, right? But then, with the the moon shining down onto oh, the thing, yeah. and then angelic like music playing when that happens, and then later on when he kisses Leah, the moon shines again, shines on them. Mm-hmm. So is that like is that like is that supposed to be something like the universe is saying that the universe is chatting <laughs> these two together? I don't know. It's. Because that's, that's what I got from it, because it was extremely weird. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like, something's trying to push him towards Leah. Oh, I did think of one more note that uh, I almost forgot. So when he's climbing the tree mm-hmm. at What's-Her-Face's house, mm-hmm. he has the, the condom in his mouth. Why didn't he put it in his pocket? Because he's a fucking idiot. He is a fucking idiot. God, it's so... I'm not a very good writer, and I could have fixed this script. Yeah. <laughs> I could have made this movie better. Do you know what the main thing is that they could have done to make it better? Make Brad likable. Mm-hmm. Make make us see what Leah sees in Brad. Mm-hmm. If we don't have that, so he's just an arsehole. And he's just unlikable and creepy. And he comes off as really stupid, too, because, like, so he goes to this girl's house to do homework. He saw that she has a boyfriend earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows she has a boyfriend, yet somehow he ends up shocked when it turns out she's just kind of using him. Mm-hmm. And that, like, and he's shocked she has a boyfriend. Like, how, how did he think they were going to be a couple? Yeah. After this? Like, which, that that's one thing I'll give him, is that it's kind of sweet that he, like, it's not just that he's after sex. Like, he's, he wants mm-hmm. the sex because he has the opportunity, but he really just wants to be this girl's boyfriend yeah um, he he actually like really likes her and won't just I- accept sex mm-hmm. like that that right there is kind of sweet yeah how does he not see what she's doing again he's a fucking idiot the last sort of lines didn't sit well with me either because when they kiss she says everything he dreamed of and he says close enough <laughs> yeah and then she laughs at that. It's like, no, don't laugh at that. That's yeah. not cute. He's settling. <laughs> He's settling for you. That's not cute. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I didn't like that. By men. Yep. <laughs> Fucking hell. This movie. I'm glad. I'm glad we talked about it because this, this gen, this is a good pick. Because <laughs> we had a lot to talk about and complain That's about. That's true. That's true. Oh, by the way, the the movie's romanticizing all this at the ending with the two friends get together and kiss. But after the movie ends, it's probably just going to have like awkward first time sex, and then they won't mm-hmm. talk to each other. <laughs> so I give, I give the relationship a month. Oh, and we can't finish without just acknowledging, like we usually do when we there's problematic people or whatever danny masterson sucks yeah danny masterson does apparently suck yeah he's probably gonna do jail time uh for rape so yeah and so watching a movie where he's talking about sex uh was really creeping me up yeah and we didn't mention um lee majors he plays officer austin Mm -hmm. um lee majors plays steve austin the six million dollar man 
Yeah. And the you even hear the bionic sound effect when he throws the condom. You actually hear that. The sound. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, <laughs> and there's a scene after the credits, the end credits, where Brad's parents, the car gets delivered back to the house and it's all and it's all fucked up and all that, and then mm-hmm. the parents react to that. Um, but that's not in the streaming version. Oh, okay. So it wouldn't be in any version. The version you watched or the version I watched, it just wasn't there. Uh, that sucks because i was very concerned the whole movie about like are we gonna see his parents reaction to the car like how is that how is he not more freaked out about the car yeah it's an end credits but it's not in the version that we we saw but it's an original version that's weird it's it's not good it's got a lot of defenders and a lot of people saying that it's like an underrated teen movie Mm -hmm. i don't get that i have a review i screenshotted my favorite was my favorite part of this review is this movie took a lot of inspiration from Martin Scorsese's After Hours, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's far from being just a ripoff. Um, I also love they say I think everyone can see yourself in Will Friedle's character's shoes. Can, can you? you? And then they're talking about how they feel bad for today's teenagers because those Netflix movies made for them are always garbage. But like this is amazing, right? Like I I can't deal with this review. Next time, Jen, it is. My pick, again, technically. And I've decided we're going to talk about The Golden Child, starring Eddie Murphy, from 1986. Never heard of it. Anyway, that's all we have time for. Uh, if you'd like to follow me, I'm Shift the Bench Pod on um, Threads. And the website is shiftthebench.co.uk. Contact at shiftthebench.co.uk is the email address. Where can people follow you online, Jim? I'm at Pilot Inspectors on the very dying Twitter it really is dying now, isn't it? Yeah, it's bad. It's I mean, really Elon bad. just admitted that they're in the red with money still, and he's given money out to people to to stay on the site. It's fucking sad. Um, it, it's so sad. But, you know, he's a tech genius. He'll come up with something else. So thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.